Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. The Cover 2 Resources podcast is an ongoing series in which we interview experts in the fight against opioid addiction. It is made possible through donations and sponsorships from concerned individuals or organizations. If you want to help in the fight against opioid addiction, please consider donating or sponsoring the Cover 2 podcast. Go to cover2.org for more information. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Welcome! Excited, excited, such excitement going on. Our partnership with Cover 2 Resources. This is the inaugural podcast. You're listening to Grace Roberts, yours truly, with the founder of Cover 2 Resources, Greg McNeil. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hi, Grace. I'm doing very well, thanks. It's great to be here today. So excited about the inaugural podcast, about this coming to the wave, our partnership. Let's talk a little about Cover 2 Resources and our partnership, your partnership with the wave. Okay. As you know, um, I think the interview that we did was, it aired last Sunday, didn't yes, it? Yes, on Wavelength. Yeah. Yes. And you and I met about a month ago and did that interview. And that was through the Adams Board of Cuyahoga County. We told our story there. And I'll just start off by just briefly kind of recapping our story a little bit. In uh, October of 2015, we lost my son, Sam, to a heroin overdose. Sam had uh, struggled uh, with opioid addiction, which dates back to a visit to the ER in 2007. And... Uh, he struggled with it since then, and we as a family felt as though we learned and were providing the, the support along the way necessary, and, and we felt as though that we had it covered in short. In retrospect, since Sam's passing, we realized that we were woefully ill-prepared to uh, help him fight that battle. There was just so much out there that we didn't know about opioid addiction and about this disease, chronic disease of the brain. So we went on a mission. We've established Cover 2 Resources as a a 501c3 nonprofit. And our, our mission is to educate and advocate for those families that have a loved one who is struggling with opioid addiction. And it's really, it's our hope that we can change the outcome for a family or two out there through our work. So that's, that's really what, what Cover 2 is, and it got the name Cover 2 because, you know, we hope that the next family will help them so that they've got it covered. 
but it also has that name because Sam loves sports. And he was really good at most sports, but particularly he loved football. And he was a defensive back on the football, his high school football team. And cover two is a very popular uh, defense in the NFL today. And so it's, uh, it's in Sam's memory and uh, kind of has a double meaning there. So that's what cover two is all about. So we're so excited to partner with the wave. Yes. To help get kind of the, the word out there. We've been working over the course of this past, oh, we began our podcast series in June. So since June, so the past six months, we've been working on developing and interviewing people, what we call people, places, and things that are making a difference in the opioid epidemic. So we call it the PPT series. And we've met a lot of great people over, over this time. And we, we think, we hope that uh, our podcasts offer a lot of the education and a lot of the information in an easy to consume fashion that, that it's information that we just didn't have. We didn't know knowledge that we just didn't possess at, at the time. And we hope that maybe it'll make a difference in some lives out there. So we're really excited about, about our, uh, relationship, the partnership. Yes, indeed. And so, but it all kind of started, grew, if you will, out of the Adams board in Cuyahoga County, introducing us to Mark and to yourself, Grace. We did that interview. And then kind of from there, we we talked about it a little bit. One thing led to another. And here we are today for our inaugural episode. Exciting. This is our first podcast every saturday here on the wave you can tune into cover two resources ppt series people places and things wow this is so exciting now you have an interview coming up greg with the best-selling author sam quinones how exciting the best-selling book dreamland the true tale of america's opiate epidemic. Wow, that is so exciting. Can you tell us a little about the interview? Sam, uh, for those that have heard him speak and listened to him, he's just uh, compelling. He tells the history of the opioid epidemic and how we got to where we got to in just such a fascinating way. I mean, you can tell that he's very passionate about what he does yes. and and his depth of knowledge is just incredible. He researched the book for five years, interviewed just a ton of people to get uh, and, and, you know, write this book. And uh, it's a bestseller because of it. So some of the, the storyline is just fascinating in it because he outlines a lot of the events that conspired to produce this opioid epidemic that we're all experiencing today. So some of those things that he talks about are Dr. Jick was the gentleman's name that wrote this letter. And the letter was basically kind of a editorial letter that he sent in that stated, well, here's the experience that they had with this group of people with opioids that they prescribed to them. And in their experience with this small group, they just 1%. So not a huge percentage, but it wasn't a study at all. It was almost, a, hey, this is the experience that we had. And it was a letter that he wrote. And and that it was, it was kind of a... Um, 
just sharing that with the medical community, the rest of the medical community, and that's as far as it went. There was no intent for it to be represented as a study, but lo and behold, that when the, um, particularly you had a couple of things that happened, he talks about the fact that the medical community got a hold of that, and you had this desire to more aggressively treat pain. So that kind of became a justification there along the way, he talks about, to up prescribing opioids. Hmm. In the meantime, at the same time, he talks about the fact that you had pain became recognized as the fifth vital sign. Wow. And and so this really kind of turned things on its head as far as uh, opioids, uh, prescribing opioids, and and just the the medical community in general, and their their practices when it came to aggressively treating pain, a sea shift, if you will, and this happened somewhere in the neighborhood of mid nineties is where that was. Right, yeah. not treating the actual cause, but treating the pain. Sam is is the interview with Sam. It was it's just fascinating the way that he is able to tell this tale and go through each of these events. You know the letter, and then you know the the what that meant in the medical industry, and then how the pharmaceutical firms used that. Going back to the letter to sell their products, more products so that uh, doctors would prescribe more opioids um, based upon, Hmm. in essence, information that was not based upon a study at all. It it was just arbitrary at best. One percent, one percent was what they kept telling people. Less than one percent get addicted to these. Changes in prescribing practices. Can we talk about that? Well, sure. I mean, that's that's exactly what it all led to. These events, the letter, the the fact that pain now was recognized as the fifth vital sign. Now, all at once, the medical community said, "Okay, we're we're going to aggressively treat this because we're being compensated on hmm. this. We're 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 being surveys now are being taken of patients to grade how we did based upon our ability to." relieve their pain. Well, opioids do that. I mean, they knock out the pain, that's for sure. Now the problem comes into play and and is, is just swept under the carpet here, how addicting they are. And right. so that's something that Sam, uh, in dreamland, he points out in, in, uh, in, you know, very clear fashion by, you know, putting these events uh, outlining each of these events that led to that, outlining them very, very well. It was very interesting, and I'm excited that I think that one is slated to uh, be uh, next out. Saturday, right? So, so that'll be New Year's Eve, the 31st. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is so exciting, you know, and to be to get not only Sam to interview him, but you'll be interviewing some of the same people that Sam interviewed in the book Dreamland uh, to get their perspective on the epidemic today. Yes. So um, just to back up a little bit, just through, I don't know, through happenstance over the course of the the past six months, we've already interviewed quite a number of people that are referenced and Sam interviewed in his book. 
Um, Wayne Campbell, for one, from uh, down in Pickerington, Ohio, who founded Tyler's Light after he lost his son to a uh, heroin overdose. Um, Wayne is just doing some great things throughout, well, th- throughout our state um, and nationally for that matter. Uh, so we also interviewed and did a podcast with Ed Hughes, who has been a real leader when it comes to treatment. And he's down in Portsmouth, which is the epicenter for the opioid epidemic nationally. And so he's been on the forefront of pushing for a complete continuum of care uh, down there. And, and just his, his practice has, has grown a great deal. And, and he has been, for our state and nationally, he's been a, a real thought leader. So, um, so there's, there's many that, that we've just had the pleasure of meeting yes. just o- over the course of the past six months. And there's many more that I look forward to, uh, to meeting in these next few months coming up to a springtime event that we'll be doing with Sam. So we're still working out the date for that, but we'll bring Sam in and we'll have a few different events on a date in April is what it looks like. Yeah. Wow. The founder of Cover 2 Resources, Greg McNeil, our inaugural podcast today and every Saturday here on The Wave, you can hear podcasts, PPT series, people, places and things, amazing, incredible resources uh, to help address the heroin epidemic and talk more in detail about addiction. What is addiction? And so many other topics. This is so exciting. The partnership that we have with Greg McNeil, Cover Two Resources in our podcast every Saturday. This is so exciting. Greg, talk about the Quick Response Team workshop that's been going on in the city of Green. Yes, which is really basically Akron. Yes. Throughout these the these podcasts that we've done, we've discovered programs that are being done in various communities, very successful programs that have been rolled out both in the state of Ohio here, our great state, and nationally. And one of those programs is we found in Coleraine Township. Now, Coleraine Township is just 26 minutes north of Cincinnati. And what they did was about a year and a half ago, they implemented a program to get help for those who need it in their community. Police, EMS, social service uh, representatives go into the community and knock on doors to offer help for anybody who's overdosed in the prior week. Wow. And they call these teams quick response teams. And I'm really proud to say that Friday, December 9th, we brought their team from Coleraine Dan Malloy and his whole team, we brought them in to Akron for a workshop. Wow. We had an afternoon workshop, and we had 15 of our communities in the area participate in that. We had representatives from fire and uh, police forces. We had chiefs of police there. We had over 75 people that attended that workshop, all for the purpose of figuring out what they did in Coleraine, and how to roll it out to their communities. And so uh, all of 
the um, all of the information in terms of the hows that Coleraine did it, and including all the way down to the policies. They had to develop policies yes. associated with this. They shared all of that with us, and we published that on the website then after the event. We also had an opportunity to, uh, actually the city of Green was fantastic. They were our host for this. And, and I have to say that um, prior to this, leading up to the workshop, I had a meeting with them and the mayor was in that meeting and I rolled out what Coleraine was doing, what Dan Malloy and his team were doing and talked about it in this presentation that I gave to him. And within the first 15 minutes, when he got it, when he understood what Coleraine was doing, the mayor said, that's for us. We wow. want to do that. We're going wow. to do that. So he took the lead in that. He stepped up right there, even though there's there are some funds that yes. he had to commit yes. for that. You know, Annually, Dan, uh, for his team, it costs him about 50K annually. Sure, of course. So uh, the mayor of Green... He, he said, you know what? This is important. We're going to do this. Yes. So we, based upon that, that's, that was the catalyst for us to pull together the workshop, invite everybody up, and Green was gracious enough to host this. So they also videotaped the whole thing. We're going to be packaging wow. that now, and we'll be publishing that probably in the next couple of days on our website so that if a community wants to do this, all they need to do is go to cover2.org and take a look at our quick response team workshop, wow. and you'll be able to view the whole thing right there online. And the workshop lasted from one in the afternoon until well, about 4.45, something like that. This is exciting. And, and so you have you had 15 communities participating in this quick response team workshop, and they want to now know how they can implement this model, duplicate this in their cities, in their neighborhoods, in their communities. Yep, exactly. And I should say that um, the Adams Board in Summit County has been very, very supportive, and they've been our partner in putting this together. Um, Mary Alice produced a tremendous document that is the document that we will use to when we knock on the doors for those that have overdosed in the last week in the communities in Summit County. Um, they'll be handing them this resources document that took a long time to develop, but it's ready to go. Wow. And the Adams Board and Mary Alice in particular did a wonderful job in pulling that together. And Jerry Craig uh, did just has, has been so supportive in getting us in front of the right people, the mayors, as, as, as well as the fire chiefs and police chiefs to talk about this. The, the really the leaders in each of these communities, the key stakeholders for each of these communities yes. so that we could get buy-in to, to get participation in the workshop to plant these seeds so that this program can grow in all of these communities. So I, I'm so delighted by the support that we've had for our first workshop. And, and I am very optimistic that you know, we can we can roll this out and this is going to make a difference in some lives. And, yes. and that's just so important. And what you've done with Cover 2 Resources so far, Greg, has definitely made differences, has made a difference in many lives. 
thank you for this. Thank you for this being your life's mission. Of course, this is not one you would have chosen, but thank you for choosing it nonetheless. There's really, there's a lot of people that have been uh, involved in this and my son is my inspiration. And I like to tell people that I work with Sam, my son, every day. Um, and all of this would not be possible without him because, I mean, this was even when he was fighting his battle, we, we talked, he talked with me about the fact that he wanted to do something to help others so that they wouldn't go down that road. So, um, yeah. How old was Sam? 28. Wow, 28. He was young. He was young. And out of that founded Cover Two Resources. And here we are today with yeah. the inaugural podcast here on The Wave, um, an exciting partnership with The Wave, the Adams Board of Greater Cleveland, the Adams Board of Summit County. And you get such support because it takes finances. It takes community. It takes vision. And you have so much support and so many people, communities, uh, police, EMS, social service representatives that want to help, that want to push this further, that want to partner, if you will, with Cover 2 Resources to implement, to get this out, to help save lives. So I really, I have to recognize some of the communities that participated in our, in our workshop. So the, first and foremost, the city of Akron was there. And, you know, there's a lot of issues that they have to um, deal with and, and fight through in putting together a program like that and, and rolling it out. And I respect that. And I commend them for taking those first steps to put this together. How a quick response team looks in Akron is going to probably be entirely different from the way that it will look in Coleraine and the way that it's been implemented in Coleraine. Um, and that's okay. That's just fine. They've taken the first steps and now they've got the resources to do that and make something happen here in very short order. So that's exciting. The city of Talmadge was also there. Um, Coventry was there. Barberton. Green, of course. I mentioned them a little bit earlier. The city of Hudson was represented. And they're going through a difficult time, but they were still represented there, which was great. We had uh, the city of Shelby. Mansfield was also there, which was really neat to see. Wow, a lot of communities. Yeah, Cuyahoga Falls was there. Actually, Cuyahoga Falls had a great representation. So we had, we had people from all over that have taken that first step yes. to, to do something, you know, in a, a, a very, very unique way. And by that, what I mean is, imagine that, you know, uh, you're struggling with opioid addiction and you overdose. And a couple days later, you've got a policeman, social service, an EMS knocking at your door and not to arrest you, but saying, we're here to help. We yes. want to help you. Yes. That makes a difference to someone who doesn't know where to turn. They don't know what to do, but to have the support of the community come to your home and knock on the door. How can we help you? This is what we want to do to help you. So someone's not battling this addiction alone. You know, um, they're at the lowest point in their life and they're ashamed in many cases. 
and oftentimes they feel isolated and ostracized in society. And so to have a compassionate response like that can be a game changer. Yes. And in fact, it has been in Coleraine. So, you know, hopefully here in Northeast Ohio, we'll be able to bring some of that. Definitely. Uh, Greg McNeil, the founder of Cover 2 Resources, our inaugural podcast today. This is so exciting, this amazing partnership with The Wave. What is your goal, Greg, your immediate short-term goals for Cover 2 Resources? To uh, find programs that make a difference in other communities and roll them out here in Northeast Ohio and continue to educate and advocate uh, and reach as many families as possible who have loved ones that are struggling with opioid addiction. Tell us about the Drug-Free Clubs of America. Yeah, the Drug-Free Clubs of America is a really, really neat concept. Um, Drug-Free Clubs, it was founded by a couple of firefighters in Cincinnati about 12 years ago. And they wanted to make a difference. They were responding to the same, you know, a lot of overdoses and increasing number of them, in fact, um, week in and week out. And they wanted to make a difference. And, and they thought, well, you know what? It's going to be a lot easier if we educate kids, young adults, and try to stop as many uh, of using, you know, and starting, if you will, and to cut off the problem there. So, so they established Drug-Free Clubs of America. And the concept behind that is um, you go into the high schools, you start off with the high schools, you go in there, and the students voluntarily sign up for random drug testing throughout the year. And in exchange for that, um, they become card-carrying members. Wow. And with that, they get yeah. With that, they get benefits both within school and in the community. So some of the benefits would be thing you know discounts at some of the shops in town, and you know maybe a special sandwich from from this merchant or what yes. have you. And in school, and here's where it really kind of gets exciting. I think in school, those benefits are driven by the students themselves. Yeah. So they lead the whole program. That and is it's, great. And it's voluntary. Yeah. If they do it themselves, they're not being forced by their parents to do this. This is something yeah. they want to do. Yeah. And to have the support of the community backing them yeah. speaks volumes. So I wanted to see what this was all about. I read about it. I talked to the leader, uh, Angie Ferguson, a number of times, and uh, I'd looked over their documentation. To me, it sounded good. I wanted to witness what a rally looked like for myself. Mm -hmm. So uh, last month, I went down to Chillicothe and witnessed a rally for their, they rolled it out for their entire uh, county. Wow. So, so Ross County has eight high schools and they rolled it out to all of them this past fall. So they had 1,500 members, oh, students, my. march and do this rally in the high school, march from the high school to the courthouse steps. And then from there, they presented. And it was a beautiful thing to see because these kids were passionate 
yes. about making a difference for their generation. I didn't look at it yes. this way until I witnessed it, but they were stoked about putting, you know, making a statement there and being leaders for their generation because they've seen in in you know they're yeah the kids ahead of them they've seen that a generation be decimated and they don't want that to happen for themselves so i think it's really neat and and because of that what uh, we're going to do is we're going to give a presentation along with the director we'll bring the director in january to town she and i'll um, make a presentation for uh, some of the superintendents here in Northeast Ohio at a meeting that we'll have in early January. And then from there, we hope, similar to what we had with the quick response teams and Green stepping up and saying, we want to do this, we're hoping that we get one school system at least that says, yeah, we want to do this. Because oh, what yes. we're going to do is we're going to do a workshop. And that workshop is going to be around the first week to mid-February. And that workshop is going to be a half to a full-day workshop. It's going to be a hands-on workshop where they're going to learn how to launch this in their schools. And the great thing about it is they're going to have enough time, but they're going to, they're going to be able to pull their team together in enough time where we're looking at a launch of um, September 2017 on those and our timing works just perfect on this wow um but but and that gives us plenty of time this year to get students involved in it because they're the ones that will shape this they're the ones that will shape you know the uh, make the difference in the success uh, that's how big a success i should say the program will be definitely so, and and back to to uh, chillicothe in chillicothe for their eight schools that they rolled it out to across the whole county they had more than 50% of the students signed up for this voluntarily. Wow. More than 50%. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great stuff. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the remarkable numbers. Yeah. Uh, this is incredible. Here is to the Drug-Free Clubs of America in 2017. And it takes a vision. It takes movement. It takes support. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing uh, making this your life's mission to help get the word out. Excited about the podcast, excited about the partnership that Cover Two Resources has with The Wave. Um, the interview, upcoming interviews, this is just really an exciting time and making a difference. It is making a difference, Greg. Well, Grace, um, we hope so because um, you're absolutely right. It's, while it's an exciting uh, time, it's, it's sad. Uh, and, and you know, I, I just I I, almost, I can't put it into to words. Um, the epidemic is opioid epidemic is is devastating our yeah. society. And um, one thing that Sam really a, a big point that he drove home in our interview was that he feels and, and I feel as well. It's communities that are going to make a difference in yes. this. Communities banding together, people um, stepping up and saying, yes, I want to take the lead yes. on this. Yes, I want to make a difference in this. People bringing their skill sets yes. um, into play to, to, to really make a difference and, and also to rid this of this stigma uh, once and for all. This is a chronic brain disease. People need to understand that it's a chronic brain disease. And, and once we get that um, firmly understood 
and we move beyond some of these other things, we can really, really pull together and address this in an effective way. And, and I believe that there'll be some really great things that come of it. But make Definitely. no mistake, um, it's, when, it's pretty, pretty tragic. It really is. And, and then the excitement comes from the support that you get from the communities, the EMS, the firefighters, police, social service representatives say, yes, I want to help. How can I help? Sign me up. Greg, what is your goal for this podcast PPT series? My goal is to impact uh, as many people, as many families as possible. You know, in life, we'd all... We all experience things where we'd like to have a do-over. We, you know, I can't have a do-over. But I really hope that we change the outcome for some families out there. And I, 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 I just hope that we reach as many families as possible and, and help them in this uh, the struggle uh, with their loved ones with opioid uh, addiction. There's successes out there. There is people that have been very successful in their recovery and I, uh, I believe that the ones that, that I've met, been fortunate enough to meet, uh, they've inspired me. And one common denominator is virtually every one of them that has gone on and is in long-term recovery, a key component is they've surrounded themselves with a team. They've surrounded themselves with peers that have are a little bit further up that mountain, as I like to call it, that have done this. And they've, they've got a great team to support them along the way. And the, the team not only includes peers, but includes family, includes a coach, includes just a lot of different elements. And yeah. so, you know, it's my hope that we, in some small way, can inspire people and inspire those in, uh, that are struggling with this to build a team as quickly and as large as possible and keep building it and never stop building it. The epidemic crosses all socioeconomic lines, color lines, knows no boundaries. So communities have to come together. Police, EMS, social service representatives, neighborhoods, communities come together to make a difference, to help someone. That is why this Cover 2 Resources podcast PPT series is here to make a difference. And how can we get more information, Greg? Go to cover2.org. That's cover and the numeral two, dot org. Cover2.org. We are talking with the founder of Cover 2 Resources, the podcast series here on The Wave every Saturday, the PPT series, Greg McNeil. Thank you, Grace. You know, and I'm also, I'm delighted that you and I will be working together on an ongoing basis. On a quarterly basis, we'll have a sit down and get kind of caught up on what's going on. So that's exciting as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. So looking forward to it as well, Greg. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. With your support, the Cover 2 team can continue to research and broadcast these resources to others in need. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. 
As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.